uh, it's interesting because being Jewish, I, I was raised in, in a conservative Orthodox Jewish home. I was bar mitzvahed, went through all the rites of the covenant. And, uh, you know, every Jewish person that goes through what I went through, if there's anybody you know, you know Abraham, you know Isaac, you know Jacob, you know Moses. You know, it was funny when, when I was in, uh, in, in grade school, the teacher uh, got up in front of the class and she said, you know, I'm going to give $5 to the person who can tell me who is the most important special person in the Bible. And so I had a, a friend who was a Catholic, Tony, and he raised his hand. He, you know, he wanted the five bucks, and he said, I, I know who it is. I know who it is, teacher. And she said, well, well, who is it? And uh, he said, well, he, he was the apostle Peter. He was the first pope. He uh, was very special. Uh, and she said, no. She said, sorry, Tony, it's, it, it's, it's not Peter. And then uh, another friend uh, of mine, uh, Edward, he raised his hand. He says, I know, teacher. I know who it is. And, and she said, well, 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 who is it, Edward? He said, he said uh, it, it, it was the apostle Paul. He wrote the majority of the Bible. It was Paul. And she said, I'm sorry, Edward. Um, it wasn't Paul. And so I rose, raised my hand. And, um, you know, being Jewish, uh, I, I said, I, I know who it is. And she said, well, well who is it, Sandy? I I said, it was Jesus. And she said, you're right, you're right. Uh, here's the five bucks. I turned around and said, in my heart, I know it's Moses, but for five bucks, it can be Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, if there's anything I learned when I was growing up as a Jew is I, I knew about Abraham. I knew about uh, a covenant that God had made with Abraham. I knew that there were things that God promised to Abraham. And as a part of that, uh, we used to feel that we were the chosen people uh, because there was a, uh, a great, um, you know, just a great thing that was happening uh, in the lives of Jewish people. I didn't realize as I was growing up all the prejudice that I was going to face because I was Jewish. I didn't realize that, uh, you know, how many slurs, uh, times I was called a, a dirty Jew, or somebody said, though, uh, they used to use the term kike, uh, and, uh, you know, those are, those are painful things. And as you're growing up, you don't always understand what it was. My grandfather talked about all the prejudice that uh, he had faced when he came over. He lived in Boston and, and how at times he was uh, uh, made fun of and they had a term called sheeny and they, called, they would call the Jewish people that. And, and yet his parents came from Russia. My great-grandparents came from Russia escaping for their lives. Uh, the Russian Revolution uh, turned on the Jewish people. They burned their towns. They burned their homes, their businesses. Uh, they killed them. Um, and, you know, my great-great-grandparents uh, got out uh, with their lives and so thus came to America and we were able to prosper in a free land and not feel the kinds of uh, prejudice. Yet um, we had family that didn't make it uh, out of Germany uh, that, were, that were killed in the concentration camps. People, we, uh, family we never even heard of. Uh, you know, there was a holocaust. Uh, there uh, were family members that are gone, just erased, not even a, a tombstone, nothing, just erased. All you have are numbers in a book and a name. 
And so um, the Jewish people, if there's anything I learned, it wasn't just about the covenant because it, it was about all the persecutions and how the Jewish people were enslaved, how they were enslaved under the Egyptians, under the Syrians, under the Babylonians, uh, under the Romans, how um, that uh, they were carried in the diaspora to all the uh, nations of the earth, um, how they were not allowed because it, it was a, uh, they weren't allowed to do certain businesses, but they were relegated to, uh, to lending money. You can read about it in, in uh, you know, writings. You have uh, Shylock the Jew, who was a, a money lender, you know, and so you have uh, all these things that they were relegated, but yet they became the bankers of the world. They became those that were uh, did business. They they became the leaders of Wall Street. They they became the leaders uh, uh, of the entertainment industry. There were things that happened, and it's because of a it's because of a covenant that God made with the Jew. Now, how it impacts us is very important, because Jesus said, "I came not to do away with the covenant. I didn't come to do away with the things." Uh, that of the law, but what I did was I came to fulfill it. I came to complete it. So the Abrahamic covenant belongs to every one of us in this room. And you're gonna find out how important it is. And this morning, we're gonna have a turnaround. We're gonna have a turnaround. Because you're gonna have another weapon in your arsenal to come against the wiles of the enemy, Another weapon in your arsenal to stand upon blessings that you don't even realize that you have. Blessings that you don't even realize have stood 4,000 years and we have access to them in this room today. We have access to them as we walk out those doors. We have access to them every morning we get up. We have access to them when we look at our children. We have access to them when we feel like we're not prospering. We have access to them when we feel like there's sickness because there's promises of long life, of health. There's promises of children and blessing. There's promises in the covenant that you can stand on and at any time you can wave your covenant before God because a covenant is an agreement between two people that say, look, we have an agreement that will not be broken. And even though you might stray away from your covenant, God never strays away from his covenant to you. Well, I see Judge Renee DeSalvo here. Hello, Renee, how are you? You realize we have a judge in our congregation, uh, a Christian judge on the bench. What a blessing. Well, you get my vote. And so, um, in, in any event, here's, here's what I, I want to talk to you about. I want to take some, go through some scriptures with you. And I want to just tell you what a friend you have in God. He's made these agreements with us. Not that bad things don't happen in our lives, but hope is a wonderful thing. Hope is something that you can look past any situation. And if you have hope, you can have faith. And if you have faith, you can see things change. Because just as the song we sang here, Jesus changes everything. So let me start out in Genesis, the 12th chapter. 
I'm going to start out Genesis the 12th. I'll read these things to you here. So in the 12th chapter, God talks to Abram. He wasn't even Abraham yet. And he talks to Abram and he says, look, I'm going to make, he comes to him because there was something special inside of him. And he comes to Abram and he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. Uh, you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to bless those that bless you. And I want you to catch this. I'm going to bless those that bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. In other words, if you bless Abraham, you're going to find out he deals with all of the seed after him that you're blessed. But if you curse the seed of Abraham, you'll be cursed. So if you bless the Jew, you'll be blessed. If you curse the Jew, you'll be cursed. Now, it's amazing to me that when I look back through history, every country that has persecuted the Jew has fallen. Some of them terribly. They're the only culture, ancient culture, that is still around, that has stood 4,000 years. The only one. They're the only culture that was promised a land, and they're dwelling in it today. They're dwelling in it 4,000 years after the promise was made. It's, it's amazing. And I'm going, to, I'm going to start giving you blessings. But, but you don't have to say, well, say, well, I'm not Jewish. I don't know. I don't know if this, I don't eat bagels and locks. I don't do that stuff, you know. But, but let me tell you this. It's as much a part of your heritage as it is mine. It's as much, Jesus had nothing but the Old Testament when he went around preaching. The disciples had nothing but the Old Testament. They had nothing to stand on except the covenants that were made with Abraham, that were made with Noah, that were made with Israel. They had nothing to stand on but those covenants. And thus, we have a New Testament because of it. And so Jesus said, look, I'm going to fulfill it. And when you believe in me, I'm going to give you these blessings, these Old Testament blessings that are going to be in your arsenal all of your life. So that when I pray over you and I say that I, I, I would that God would give you a long and healthy life, that he would give you a long and healthy life with a sound mind, that he would give you a long and healthy life with a sound mind and the people that you love around you would be around you always. When I pray that prayer, and you've heard me pray that prayer over you, when I pray that prayer, it is right out of the Abrahamic covenant. It's yours. So here he says, I'm going to bless you. Those that bless you will be blessed. Those that curse you will be cursed. You know, I've, I had people come to me. Uh, you know, it was amazing. I, I had several people when I, um, I, was, I was thinking about accepting uh, maybe something different than Judaism because it seemed like it was a lot of ritual. It was a lot of regulation. You know, it was a lot of rules. And, you know, I'm a younger generation. I'm not sure I, I got it all. And so uh, this one guy came to me and he said, he walked into my office. He says, you're, he says, you're Jewish. He says, if you don't believe in Jesus, he said, you're going to hell. I took a step back and said, or you go to hell. <laughs> Wasn't a most positive way of witnessing, was it, huh? <laughs> you know, it's probably true, you know, uh, uh, but, but, I, but yet it wasn't the right way. Yet I had a neighbor, 
a neighbor, Mr. Rhodes, Wesleyan Methodist, who lived beside us, wonderful guy, had three daughters, and I, I was kind of like the surrogate son. And he was a believer, and he used to talk to me about the people in the Old Testament. And he talked to me about Abraham, and he talked to me about the covenant, and he talked to me about the stories that, that went on in the covenant. I'll never forget, he, you know, he was talking about a time. Now, this is years ago. I was just, I was just a kid, and he said, there'll come a time when good will be called evil and evil will be called good. Now, I didn't understand that, but do you understand that today? Do you understand it today? So, I mean, and then, of course, when I read the New Testament and I read uh, in, uh, you know, in the, uh, in, in the writings, I, I believe, you know, they were talking about the last days and they said in the last days, it said their men will call evil good and they'll call good evil we're living in those days unfortunately what we with what we see and so he told me stories he told me truths but I knew he loved me when my father found out he had cancer you know he cut our grass he was over there he prayed for us you know what I didn't get what he necessarily he believed in but I got him I got him I got him that he loved me, that he loved the Jewish people. I, I, I felt uh, a camaraderie of sorts. And when he talked to me about the, the blessings of Abraham, I, I didn't quite get it, uh, even as a young, a young child, but I started to get it as I grew older. I started to understand. And then as a believer, when I went back and I read the Old Testament and I saw all the prophetic things that happened and the things that were given to Abraham, I went, wow those are mine. I have stood on this covenant all of my Christian life, and I can tell you they have served me well. They have given me things, and I'm going to share with you. So as we go on in Genesis, the Lord says to Abraham in the 14th verse of the 13th chapter, it says, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land you see I give to you and to your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth and anyone who could count them will not be able to for your offspring could, could not be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. So he starts giving him. And I believe it's part of the covenant for you to have some possessions. It's part of the covenant for you to have a dwelling place. It's part of the covenant for you to be blessed along your journey. It's part of it. He starts speaking it now. He goes on and he says to Abram, he says in the 14th chapter, and he meets a, a, a prophet, Melchizedek, who was a high priest, and he meets him. And Melchizedek starts to prophesy over him. And he says to him, blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. Blessed be the, the God most high who delivers. And then he gives something. He gives another blessing here. He starts to prophesy, who delivers your enemies into your hand. If you don't think we have an enemy out there, an unseen enemy, he's very powerful, and he knows his way around, and his job is to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And so the Abrahamic covenant says, hey, you're going to have victory over that. 
In the 15th chapter, it says, uh, he makes a covenant. He says, on the day that, that Abraham, he said, he made a, uh, Abraham made a covenant. He says, your descendants I give you from the, and he starts to outline the land. And he says, I give you from the river Egypt to the great river Euphrates. And he starts naming all the lands that he gives them. And he says, I give this to you and to your heirs forever. He starts to tell him of what it is. Now it gets... Now we start getting serious. It sounds good up to this point, but now it demands commitment. And so God speaks to him and he says, he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And Abraham was face down and he says, you'll no longer be the father. He says, you will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham, Abram, but you'll be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations and I'll make you very fruitful. And I'll make nations of you and kings will come from you. And I will establish my covenant even as an everlasting covenant between me, you, your descendants and your generations and all those that will come after you. And he says, the sign of this covenant will be the circumcision. Now, the sign of the covenant with Noah was what? The rainbow. So here's Abraham. He just has his name changed, and he goes and he talks to Sarah. This, he goes, and he's in the tent with Sarah, and he says, Sarah, he says, I don't want you to call me Abram anymore. And she goes, what? She says, God just changed my name. And, of course, she's going, she says, well, what do you want me to call you? Well, call me Abraham. Well, I don't like that name. Was there any other name? Maybe Joe or something simple, you know? Abraham. He says, well, that's the name God gave me. And he told me that I have to be circumcised. And she looked at him and says, you have to cut off the end of your what? This is serious business now. Now it demands commitment. And you know, he wasn't a young guy. And so here, his name gets changed. He has to be circumcised and he makes it. And not only, it doesn't end there. He says to him, I'm gonna give you a child and the child's born because Sarah was barren and now comes a child, Isaac. And then he says to Isaac, you know what? I want you to take Isaac and I want you to go sacrifice him. You know, he had just seen Sodom and Gomorrah, and he knew the power of God, and he was going, oh, my gosh, you want me to kill my son? What kind of God are you? But he's thinking, you know what? I'm going to do it. And he goes, and he takes a knife, and he puts it to Isaac's neck, and right then an angel stops. And there's a ram, a little lamb in the thicket, the type of Christ, an innocent lamb, that would die for the sins of the world. God said, you don't have to have your children die because it's part of a covenant that I made with Abraham. I'm going to have my son die. I'm going to have my son so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you could go to heaven. Now you see the type of Christ being born in the Scripture through the covenant that he made with Abraham. So now it's serious business. So just let, me, let me tell you a few things, and then we're going to have a turnaround here. This covenant is something that maybe you don't realize. 
I started to think about what were some of the things that the Jewish people have done that have changed the world as a result of the blessings of Abraham, which are our blessings. They developed the laser. Theodore Maiman. EMC squared, atomic energy, Einstein, atomic bomb, which probably stopped the Second World War, at least in the Pacific Quarter. Genetic engineering, Paul Berg, stainless steel, Hans Goldschmidt, the cholera and the bubonic plague were killers. This man was termed uh, one of the healers of the world. Um, Hofkine, Waldman Hofkine, polio vaccine, Jonas Salk, Karl Marx, not such a... You want to talk about something that changed the world? Look at communism, das Kapital, capitalism, the founders of Google, just to name a few of the many thousands of inventions make up 2% of the population and have 25% of the major awards that were given. That is the blessing of Abraham. Financed wars. You have the bankers of the world uh, in, that were the Jewish people. Now, I'm not saying this going, hey, I'm saying this because there's a covenant there. And believe me, the Jewish people have been persecuted more than any other, any other culture, enslaved more than any other culture, persecuted, hunted. There would not be an Israel today had there not been a Holocaust where they had no place to go. Six million died, hideous deaths, no place to go. Uh, it just so happens that a man named Weitzman invented TNT and was a student of a man named Herzl, who was a Zionist, who believed that, uh, that the Palestine, uh, that the Northern Africa country was the homeland of the Jews based on the Abrahamic covenant. And so the British mandate was, the British wanted the explosive, and they went in and they took Northern Africa without a shot. And they mandated it for a homeland for the Jewish people. Look, history, you cannot change. You might want to change it, but you really can't change it. You can deny it, but it is what it is. And so these historical facts are there. Now, here's what I want to, here's what I want to say. Jesus came. He said, look, I want to fulfill this law. I want to fulfill this covenant. Here's what the covenant says. How many of you would like to have greater blessing for your children? I can raise both hands. You know what? I, I love my kids. I love them. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my dentist the other day, and I said, well, gee, when I send, my son Mitchell comes home, I just want to clench my teeth. It's things you never want to say to your dentist. Don't say clench your teeth, okay? Because you know what? Uh, you know, I heard the greatest thing here from Pastor Juan because Mitchell says to me, he says, well, there's many ways to God. And, you know, uh, Pastor Juan here said here, 
uh, in a sermon some time ago, he says, yeah, there's many ways to God. It's not the problem that there's many, not many ways to God. He says, what happens when you get there? What happens when everybody who has a different way gets there? Now what? So my son is very well-read. Mitchell's well-read. He's a uh, he's brilliant guy, hard to argue with. So I have to love him where he is. But I stand on a covenant saying, I know my son, me and my house will serve the Lord. I know my covenant says that blessed is the seed of the righteous. I know that the covenant says my children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be their peace. I know what the covenant says, so I stand on it. And those promises are reiterated all through the scriptures. There are times that you get so frustrated. And believe me, my lot with children is not as bad as some that are with drugs and have difficult, real difficulty, have issues. And I'm not saying that they, you do anything wrong because you've got a devil out there that's out there stealing and, and, and killing, and, and it's, it's very hard. You know, I, don't, I can't talk to every situation. I can only talk to my situation. I can only talk that even in the midst of that when my daughter fell out of a third story window and she laid on the ground and she was not breathing I faced death I faced it right smack dab in the face and I didn't know what to do except call on the name of Jesus that's all I knew to do and uh, I, I when she gasped for breath I mean I didn't know if there was a thing that was wrong with her I didn't know if she had broken bones or whatever but at least I saw breath at least I saw breathe it was a, it was a terrible terrible moment but I had to come to grips that if that if she was gone if she was going that I had to thank God for the moments that I had with her that I had to thank God for the time that I had with her and that I came to that conclusion and that and I said Lord if I can have more time I appreciate it I stand upon my covenant uh, believing for the the seed if it's not the seed through her it'll be through the seed through someone else but I still stood on believing the best, hoping for the best. And I think that's where you have to go regardless of whatever happens. Everybody's going to face death in some way. My, my wife found out she had breast cancer in 2000. I, I, you know what? I, I woke up um, uh, January of 2000 and, and, and thinking, you know, um, the thought was in my mind. I wrote it in my journal. It says, for 25 years, your wife has changed your her life to fit into your world. Now you're going to change your life and fit in her world. I didn't think she was going to have breast cancer that year. Boy, I got in her world real quick. It's a terrible thing to face. We had everything from double mastectomy to mastectomy to lumpectomy. I mean, listen, I, we heard it all. And if you don't think that at, you can, it can put fear in the heart of, of your soul. Believe me, it can. But you know, what is it that you stand on those moments? It's not whether you're going to go through a bad time at some time in your life. You are going to go through a bad time at some time in your life. It's not whether you're going to go through it. It's what do you do when you go through it. That's what distinguishes us. 
You know, it's funny. We had a conversation. We were having a conversation. I said, you know what? I don't know anybody my age that doesn't have an ache or a pain or, uh, you know, something that's going on in, in, inside. I don't know. I, I, listen, 10 years ago, I didn't know anybody that didn't have an ache or a pain that had something going on. In fact, 20 years ago, I didn't know somebody that didn't have something going on inside of them. So stuff happens. We get older, you know. Uh, I would like, uh, I mean, I would like to take every kind of vitamin there is, you know, a, a big shakers of vitamins and pour it all over my head and there you know under my you know you know we do crazy we do anything to try to stay young and to feel good and to be happy right anything it, it's 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 the human way but i'm going to say to you that tomorrow we're going to have a turnaround this morning i want us to stand and to open up our bag and say god you gave Abraham a covenant. I am a child of Abraham. I am a child. You know, we can sing that song. I'm a child of Abraham. I am a friend of God. So I want to pull this document out that you gave to Abraham, which is my document, because Father Abraham was a part of a covenant that was given to me. And you promised him long life. You promised him blessing over his children. You promised him that he would be prosperous. You promised him that he would have a dwelling place and a future. You promised him all these things. They are mine. Say it. They are mine. Say it again. They are mine. Where's my music? He'll be here soon. But anyway, those are the thoughts that I want you to have. So I want you to start thinking of this. Turn around. Turn around. Turn around. I want you to think this thought. Turn around. What's your name? Irma, Irma, uh, just stand up for a second. They need to see you over there if you do that for me. Okay, this is Irma. Irma, here's a thought that I have for you. You know, Irma, all your life you've been giving your life to other people. You take care of those that are less fortunate just because they need your help, and you've been there. You've stood up every time. There are times that you've given and you've been disappointed because you gave and you were disappointed because when you gave out of love, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. But Irma, God's heard your cry and he's heard your prayers and he's heard your spiritual faith. And your cry is not for yourself. You're very self-sufficient. God has blessed you. You're a wonderful cook. You take care of things. But what he wants to do is he wants to bless the generations that have followed you because that's your heart's cry while you're alive. And God wants you to know that you're going to see turnaround because of your covenant with him. You're going to see turnaround. What's your name? I, I only have one hearing aid in. Oh, Doug, stand up, Doug, for a minute. Uh, this, is, this is Doug. Okay, let me see. Pretty buff. You get a good word. Okay, for sure. 
one of these days you'll get like me. <laughs> well, Doug, here's the deal. You know, you've kind of been um, uh, wandering here, wandering there. It's kind of like you don't, it's not, it's not easy for you to get uh, always fixed. It seems like when you get over there, there's like an achy where you're not as happy as you think you should be there. And um, uh, in the world of relationships, there's been like a hole that kind of like things have fallen through your bucket. And so how about if God says, you know what, you've made some great turnarounds and some great strides and some great commitments and timing is everything. But here's the thought that comes to me. You can't look at what you lost. You have to look at what you're going to gain. What's your name? Bob, stand up for a second. I want to pray. Bob needs a miracle. This is a thought that comes to me right now. So, Bob, I'm just going to pray for you, just for a miracle for you, okay? I want to pray that you have a long, just like I said up there, a long and healthy life with a sound mind and the people you love around you always. And there's nothing, I don't care what's happened in any generation before you, it shall not come nigh you. You gonna sing my song? Let's sing it. I walk over. Who here. am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call.
is uh, I'm just going to ask some questions. I ask questions about children because I think it's probably the one that's the most important on my heart. Because of my stuff, I need it. I need to stand on my covenant and remember that my children and my children's children and my children's children's children and my children's 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 children are blessed. When I said that my wife had cancer, it was, a, it was a very difficult experience, but I saw the miracle power of God on Patty. Patty is 19 years a cancer survivor, 19 years. How many times we stood on our covenant together, as tough as it was. I remember we were both so wondering what to do. And I went to a, a conference over on the east coast of Florida, and it was a conference of large churches, most of them that I've preached in, and everybody kind of loved on, on Patty. But there was a guy named Steve Muncy, good friend, his big church up Munster, Indiana. And Steve Muncy, in the middle of the Ritz-Carlton, went up to her in the lobby and grabbed a hold of Patty's arm. And he started to take authority and break the power of that cancer in Patty's life. Took authority over it, broke it. I mean, you could have heard him from one end of the Ritz-Carlton to the other. And honestly, I really didn't care. You know, people with their Gucci's and all their stuff looking, you know, it's great, you know. <laughs> it's my wife that's sitting there and that I'm worried over. And But that was a turnaround. Something happened that broke in the spirit. Pat will tell you that there was something that happened that at that moment that changed her faith, that changed her world. And I remember him standing on the covenant of God. This next weekend, I'm going to be at his son's church, Chicago City Church, great church in Chicago. When his son called me up and Kent Muncy called me up and said, Sandy, will you come help me? It took me about a half a second to say yes because I remembered the prayer that his father did for my wife, Patty. That fast. That's the kingdom we live in. Those are the covenants that we have. Those are the things that work. How many of you need a touch in your body? How many this morning need a touch in your body? He promised Abraham a long life. Abraham walked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. He set up encampments over and over again in the hot sun. He did things. God renewed his youth. God gave him children at an old age. So I'm going to speak that over you here, just like I spoke over our children. I'm going to speak that over you, that there's healing that God has for us. It can come in any shape or sizes. Honestly, um, I did a stupid thing. I pushed the jacuzzi cover because 
I don't think I'm 73. I think I'm maybe 43. And I pushed this jacuzzi cover that probably weighed 400 pounds, waterlogged jacuzzi cover, because I am a man. <laughs> and my wife is saying, don't do that. And I said, I can do this because I am man. <laughs> well, a year later, it took me going to a very special guy who's in this, goes to this church, had therapy on my back, and I want to tell you something, I'm feeling really great, you know, because of the therapy. I believe God worked through that therapy. I believe God works through medicine. I believe God works through all kinds of things. He works through vitamins. He works through exercise. He works through all kinds of things in our lives. I don't care how you get it. Your covenant says you deserve it. How about it? So I speak healing right now over you. I speak it over you right now in the powerful name of Jesus. I speak that God makes a way. He makes a way in our lives. He shows us different things that work. There are times we need to listen to our body and times we need to listen to our wives. And so, Lord, I just speak life over this congregation not only for our children and our children's children, but for their health also. And also, Lord, for our health. Let's just lift our hands to God and let's just praise Him. Do you believe that health is your part of your covenant? Do you believe that? Why? Because you are a friend of God. God Almighty, Lord. Sing the chorus. I want you to get this in your spirit. Abraham a was a friend of God. of God. 
He gave him a covenant. You are a friend of God. God gives you his covenant. Healing is your portion in the covenant. The generations that follow you are your portion in the covenant. Prosperity, what you touch should be blessed. And I'm gonna break every hindrance upon you that has stolen money from you. I can do that. God wants your dwelling place secure. God wants to make a promise to you about the future. It's your covenant because you are a friend of God. Abraham passes his covenant to you, but he does it one way and one way only, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's sing it together. they're playing this in the background this is turnaround Sunday we're gonna have a turnaround so I want you to turn around right where you are and say this is my turnaround turn around right where you are turn around this is my turn one more time let's turn around turn around Now let's sing it. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. <laughs> 